1: The semifinals are set down under. Welcome to TC Live as we entertain you for the next hour leading up to all the action in Melbourne. From teenagers to the oldest world number one, this tournament is given all the feels as we head toward championship weekend. Here's the top stories of the day. After faltering on the verge of victory, how Alexander Zverev kept his composure to secure one of the biggest wins of his life, what that means heading into the semis. Plus, it's the final before the final. In a rematch from the U.S. Open, our experts on why whoever wins between Coco Golf and Arena Sabalenka will be favored to take the trophy. Raf Nadal could be coming back sooner than expected. We'll tell you when and where he'll be making his return to the court. With two weeks of overnights, we're feeling like Medvedev. just want to (laughs) sleep now. But it's time to wake up for TC Live. Taking a look at today's featured matches, it is the women's semifinals on a Thursday in Australia, hump day here in the States, so who will get over the proverbial hump? Coco Gauff and Arena Sabalenka first up in the night session, rematch from that U.S. Open final last year that Goff won, and then it is Diana Estremska and Zhang Qinwen both making their major semifinal debuts. We are guaranteed a first-time finalist in the australian open cannot wait to see those matches later today welcome to the show steve weissman martina navratilova Lindsay davenport john wertheim with you here a lot to get to a lot to break down martina number one thing on your mind today
2: well uh obviously the, the sabalenka golf match but i'm also curious uh, to see how Zhang shinwan and uh, diana Yastrzemska handled this situation neither has been there before and they had to do it back to back they both played yesterday with uh, Zhang having the more difficult match. So we'll see who can handle the nerves better and who's got a better game plan. But it'll come down to nerves, I think, and execution more than anything else.
3: You know, at the U.S. Open in 2021, we saw something we had never seen. We saw a player come through qualifying, then win another seven matches for a total of 10 to win a Grand Slam title in Emma Radakanu. Steve, Diana Yastremska. Two matches away from equaling that. We didn't think we'd see it again. Certainly not so soon. But the way she's playing, gosh, she's looked so good throughout this tournament. Eight-tenths of the way to a (laughs) Raducanu.
0: Martina, you are a football fan. So perhaps you'll remember that Brett Favre had one of the best games of his NFL career the same weekend his father died. Why do I bring that up? Because I think sometimes we forget athletes have remarkable abilities To compartmentalize, and Alexander Zverev is facing some very serious allegations. One of them is a domestic violence charge against a former partner, the mother of his child. There'll be a formal hearing in May. Meanwhile, that has not impacted his tennis at all. Whatever's going on in his life, whatever cloud may hang over his ascent, he has blocked that out, and is to his credit, played some really good tennis.
1: He has played great tennis, and it is semifinal day. There is a junior boy in the doubles in semifinals today jagger leach as well so that's what i'm looking forward to later today fourth on big court 1573 they're in an arena today so we'll we'll talk about that let's get to the action from last night we had one of the game's best servers playing one of the game's best returners martina daniel medvedev Hubie herkac it would go back and forth it went back and forth
2: certainly medvedev uh, got the upper hand in the third set up they split the first two uh, as Rukac uh, was serving pretty well. This time he goes down, but he, he loses the set, set three. But Rukac comes back, kept coming to the net, winning most of the points there. Gets the break here and serves it out. And Rukac looked really, really sharp and fresh, whereas Medvedev looked like he was on his last legs. But the shadow come, comes in, things cool down, and Medvedev got hot again and uh, gets the break here to go up the break in the fifth and ends up winning the match when Moukacz really dominated in every aspect of the game even won eight more points for the match than Medvedev, but what counts in tennis? How you played the big points and Medvedev really played those big points so much better than (laughs) Moukacz yesterday. Well, he gets us to his box there.
1: To your exes,
2: uh, take a look at
1: this because this is exactly what Martina was talking about. If you look at the numbers, you would think that Herkach won. He had more aces, higher percentage of points won on first and second serve, more points won at net, more breaks. Martina said it eight more points overall. Alas, that is the sport of tennis. Let's hear from the winner.
0: Ooh, tough. Uh, I mean, I knew how Hubi can play, and in my opinion, he played quite well today. I felt like the games, almost all of them, probably except the 2-0 in the first set, I felt like every game I had a small chance, I managed to to take it. So, really, really happy and proud about that because, yeah, and with him you don't get many chances. Tough matchup, but uh, that makes me even happier to win uh, and uh, be in the semis. So the other day we were talking about Medvedev
1: and Jim Courier and how far back he was returning.
0: Uh, That was a
1: little bit of uh, gamesmanship there, huh? I absolutely (laughs)
3: loved it from Medvedev. I mean, that interview with Jim got so much recognition and he talked about how he stood, you know, 15 feet behind the baseline and how much farther, but how good he returned from there. So what did Medvedev do? The very first game, he went <laughs> and stood on the baseline to return. And what did he do? He broke serve. Hubie <laughs> was rattled. He didn't know what to do. But I love that about Medvedev. Yeah. He admitted it also. He does a lot of things out there. I've seen him kind of fake his toss and serve around. He'll do whatever it takes to win. But, I mean, how gutsy is that? Quarterfinals? Okay, I haven't stood here in probably a couple of years. But this guy knows and thinks that I stand <laughs> yeah. so far back. So I'm yeah. going to mess with him in a big match. He did it. Pretty funny to watch that play out in the beginning.
0: That was one of the, the all time great <laughs> yeah. sandbags. We were talking <laughs> about that. Um, I think, you know, with that match show that we talked about in the stats we saw, but I think that makes tennis special. It's a lot about the when, and it's great to break serve, but if you can't then hold your serve, it's for naught. It's great to win more points than your opponent, but if they don't come at the right time, you don't necessarily win the match. Um, I, you know, I think we forget sometimes, you know, Medvedev for, for all the clown, you know, for all the antics and for all the times he makes us laugh this is a proper player this you know he could be playing uh in his third Australian Open final in the last four years and I think that for for all the 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 clowning and the good interviews he was the tougher player too yesterday
2: yeah I mean the numbers tell the story about 99% of the time but this was one of those matches where it didn't and as, as Medvedev said he played whenever he had chances he took advantage of them and he's a thinker out there you can see it how smart he is in his interviews and you can see it how he plays. His tennis IQ is off the charts. He can he can uh, serve and volley if he has to, even though that's not his game. Whatever it takes to win, uh, maybe a little bit underhanded sometimes, but overall really a good sport. And uh, yeah, uh, he can man. He can do Plan D. You know, Plan D.
3: <laughs> whatever it takes. That's what he'll do.
1: And he needed it. It looks like his legs were gone after four sets. And then somehow, some way, We said that
3: earlier in the tournament, though. Yeah, he's yeah, right. fine every time. <laughs>
0: but it looks like his legs were gone after the second set. Yeah. He took this long break. And he said, oh, boy. what's he?" Do? And then he comes back, and he's good as new. Um, he's a lot of fun, isn't he? He certainly is. And he
1: is in the Final Four once again at the Australian Open. Meantime, Carlos Alcaraz, Sasha Zverev playing the night session. Lindsay, they have split their previous two meetings in majors.
3: Yeah, one of the best sets that Sasha Zverev has ever played in such a big batch was this over opening set. he absolutely cruised through this set. He lost a total of two points in his service games. What a, a masterclass he did of serving. Served for the match at 85 percent. Up two sets to Love and 5-2, then got a little tight. And Carlos started to find his way back into this match. He was able to get the crowd back involved. Zverev served for the match faltered a bit. And gar- Carlos, credit to him for not giving up. It's not easy when you're down two sets to Love and a break. But he got the crowd going again and able to steal this third set. And you think, okay, Zverev going to go away here. Really big opportunity. We talk a lot about that US Open final he lost. A lot of credit to Zverev, who just hunkered down here in this ninth game. Able to get the break, didn't get too excited, knew he had to go back out and serve it out. And serve it out, he did a great first serve, and he is through.
1: For the first time in 11 attempts, Zverev takes out a top five player at a major. Now, two wins away from his first Grand Slam title. Take a look at these numbers. As Lindsay said, made a staggering 85% of his first serves, won nearly 75% of those points, a positive 28 to 25 winners to unforced errors ratio, plus seven breaks and 10 chances. Zverev with Jim Currier after
4: you'll have an opportunity to take on another very tall, talented player like yourself and Daniel Medvedev. You guys have played a lot, but this will be your first time playing in best of five and in a major. What do you expect from that match?
2: Yeah, uh, he's been kicking my ass a lot uh, over the last,
4: over the last year or so, Um, but maybe this will be it. This will be the place. I mean, I don't know.
1: Martina Zverev also said when you're so close to winning your brain starts going and it's not always helpful and that's what happened to him when he was up two sets and five two. what's that like for a player on the court.
2: Well it really should have been three straight sets and uh, usually what what goes on Zverev is his serve but this time it was his forehand that lay him down also the weaker of the two wings If I was anybody I would never go to his back end on big points but. He put it together, but after he lost that third set, he he did not uh, fall apart, and his serve is just outstanding. With Lindsay and I were talking about this, what happened? Because he would get the yips on his serve. Now there, like there's no trace of him ever having had the Yips will see if they ever show up again. But right now, he's rock solid in every department, except when he had to close it out. But then he jumped right back in the fourth set.
0: Yeah, well, we see with uh, we see with Sabalenka, too. I mean, the, the Yips for some athletes are absolute career ruiners. So for him to come out and serve like that is really quite something. Uh, I think we'd be remiss in not uh, mentioning. Great point, Netflix. The Great drama is Medvedev and Zverev. Who would have thought in the first major we get I do think we should spend 10 seconds on Carlos Alcaraz Absolutely. Uh, not here with Juan Carlos Ferrero, mm-hmm. kind of showed I I thought that was a very strange performance he looked unsure of himself I wasn't sure there was much in the way of tactics um you know I mean, we, we know what the head-to-head was we know Zverev had beaten him before even at majors but I thought that was a pretty vacant performance from a guy who's won two of the last five majors
3: yeah it's interesting uh, it, obviously the Wimbledon final just an amazing match from Alcaraz I don't know if it's that Cincinnati final that he lost in a couple of hours to Djokovic where he had chances. Hasn't been to a final since then. It's a pretty long stretch for a player at number one who's won two majors, and he's just seemed a little bit flat. So sometimes for a player, all of a sudden being one of the most famous players and so much expected, maybe it's just hit him a little bit since last summer, and mm-hmm. we'll see. Listen, he's not going anywhere. Yeah, he's going right. to be back. It's just one of these tournaments where wasn't quite ready to go. We talk so much no lead-in tournaments played late into the season, played some exos in the off season. First year ever making a run in Australia. Yep. Let's see next year if he does it a little differently. I,
1: I think perhaps. I mean, it's still 20 years old and this yep. is his deepest run ever at the Australian open. So uh, don't, I don't worry about Carly. No. certainly going forward. We will break down that medvedev's Zverev match with Jim courier later. So much to get to for who my country for what to win qualifier. Diana Yastremska continuing her historic run. Plus, a revenge match on the double score, pitting former major champion partners against one another. Who got the last laugh? It's reality TV at its finest. <laughs> We're spilling the tea on TC Live.
0: TC Live at the Australian Open is brought to you in part by Bet365, the world's favourite sports book. By Tennis Express. We deliver tennis right to your front door. Order today. Ships today. And by National Car Rental. Go National. Go like a pro.
1: Martina, Lindsay, John, Steve, back with you. A reminder, TC Live comes your way 5 p.m. Eastern every day to get you ready for the action down under. And then it is Tennis Channel's Encore coverage with Brett Haber and Paul Anacone. You do not want to miss that Thursday, 8 a.m. Eastern. Well, for the first time in more than 30 years, we had two players ranked 50 or higher meeting in the women's quarterfinals in Melbourne. Qualifier, Diana Stremska and the teenager, Linda Noskova, From Martina.
2: Yeah, I think Noskova was a bit uh, not sharp because that match against uh, uh, Svitolina that only won three games. I think she had too long in between matches. She has been dictating in her previous matches. But this time it was Estremska who was more aggressive, dictating from the baseline, attacking uh, Noskova much better. And those yeah. down the lines were paying off both on the forehand and the back end. she wins the first set 6-3. She gets the break here in the second. Noskova hung in there. But Yastremska yes, yeah. was down yeah. the line, yeah. so he's caught cheating a little too much cross-court, and uh, and Yastremska yes, yeah. at the end yeah. comes away with a yeah. fairly yeah. simple yeah. win It's the first semifinal. Yeah. Qualifier, well done.
1: <laughs> three times the winners, broke three times, eight straight wins from qualifying. That is her first major semifinal. And she is soaking it all in. The first qualifier to reach the women's semis here since 1978. Of course, Emma Raducanu won it all three years ago in New York. Alexander Stevenson had that run at Wimbledon in 1999 and Podoroska at Roland Garros. Let's hear from the latest member adding on to this list.
0: As I said on court, it, it's nice to make a history. Um, it's something... Um, new for me and uh, for my generation (laughs) because
3: uh, the last time it happened uh, it was a long time ago i i wasn't born yet i wasn't really putting the goal you know to go quadras
0: foreground or semis or whatever i was just trying to enjoy playing here
1: How about that? She is on target. Started the tournament, 93 in the world. She is now up to 29. Every player she's beaten in the main draw has been top fifty, including two major champions, Lindsay. This is what dreams are made of.
3: It really is. And you know, yes, Strumska's had a very, very difficult road up and down. She was a couple of years ago heading towards the top of women's tennis, a lot of major setbacks. To see her come back and fight through all of this, and especially given what's going on in her homeland, Mm. it's been a Really a nightmare for her the last couple of years. Uh, To see it all kind of come together. She's had to fight her way through to this semifinal. Um, But you always knew she had that talent. And to see it all kind of play out. And also, by the way, no lapses yet. Yeah. And I thought really, I thought Noskova would have the edge and that it would be Yastrzemska who would falter, maybe just out of pure exhaustion. The complete opposite happened. And we'll see. Back-to-back days. We'll see if it helps her where she doesn't have a lot of time to think about, okay, I'm playing a Grand Slam semi or if she's really gonna miss that rest day.
1: Everybody knew she had this talent, including Serena Williams. You tweeted out an article <laughs> yesterday about when they played at the Australian
0: Open in 2019. Yes, Serena beat her, but then she saw the opponent was crying and it really was poignant to Serena to say, look, this girl thought she could beat me. And I respect that. Um, I mean, I do think we showed that board with the qualifiers. I mean. This is a player who was 19 years old and was 21 in the world. So it's not as though, oh, this, this, I can't believe, where is this coming from? I mean, I think if anything, she's, yeah, this is where I belong and now it's good to be getting there. I do think, and Martina joined in here, I I do think we ought to pause when we talk about compartmentalization. I mean, this is someone who was living Mm. in a car for a while two years ago, a Ukrainian player. Her village was, was absolutely decimated. And I think sometimes we've, it's been two years now since the invasion and we've sort of glossed it over but i do think
2: she's playing with a lot of onus there and doing very well look when she had to uh, escape basically odessa on a boat to romania when the war broke out in perspective so and and taking care of her younger sister so everything that she's been through she's not going to falter mentally or emotionally because she's been through too much to get here And also, I think playing for their country, making their people feel better, I think it's a plus for most of the Ukrainians. They've been playing better tennis because uh, they just will not give up. Uh, They have too much responsibility on their shoulder, but they embrace it rather than being scared from it. So I expect her to not have a a meltdown or or a letdown emotionally. I think she'll keep going.
1: Yeah. I'll never forget talking to her a few years ago at Indian Wells uh, on our desk about how her and her sister had to leave the mom at at the river and go and not see them for another year and not know, not be in contact, not know what what was happening, whether her parents were alive or not. So definitely had to grow up quickly. And here she is. Best tennis of her life. Really special to see for Dianne Yastrzemska. Who will she face in the next round? Well, it's going to be a first-timer. Erzheng Jinwen, second woman from China to make back-to-back Grand Slam quarterfinals, but lost her only previous match lens to Anna Kalinskaya.
3: Yeah, and Alan Kal- Anna Kalinskaya was absolutely superb in the first set, Steve. As you said the other day, she goes, yeah, I expect to be here. Well, she played like it, won the first set, and a real chance to get through to a semi, but... Real credit to Zhang, who had three all in the second set. Something clicked. Started to find her range on her ground stroke. Started to dictate play more. She served well in this match. Had ten aces. Able to take the second set. Count Sky would win the first game of the third set. Then it was all Zhang, who just went on a roll. Six games in a row. 11 of 12 at net. Broke serve six times. let see, there's a lot of pressure on her in this match. Met her idol, Lee Na, a couple of days ago. She won this match. She's in a Grand Slam semi. She's also into the top ten. A humongous accomplishment for her.
1: Won ten of the last eleven games of the match. Just the third Chinese major semifinalist in history. Finished with ten aces. Forty-two winners. Only lost ten points on her serve in the second and third sets. The unforced errors is mounted for Kalinskaya. And Queen win now guaranteed that bit of tennis royalty. Top ten next week. Special stuff for her. What started as a teenage wasteland has become one teen queen. So where does Coco Gauff rank among the greatest youngsters in women's tennis history? Find out next. Welcome back to TC Live as we lead you up to first ball in Melbourne. For all the latest news, make tennis.com your online information source throughout the Australian Open and the entire season Peter Bodo has more on surprise semifinalist Diana Yastrzemska. And Zachary Cohen has your pick of the day in Betting Central. Download the tennis app or visit the website. It is now time for the daily forecast with Fox Weather.
0: Good day, tennis fans. I'm Fox Weather meteorologist Stephen Morgan. Here's today's Australian Open forecast. A mix of sun and clouds out in Melbourne. Temperatures going to be on the cooler side but still comfortable sitting at about 71 degrees. Not a bad day. Remember, you can download the Fox Weather app or stream Fox Weather from your favorite connected TV device.
1: Cool and comfortable. That's what we like to hear. It was just four months ago that Coco Golf came back from a set down to defeat Arena Sabalenka and win the U.S. Open, taking her first major title with all the feels. Coco became the youngest American to win the U.S. Open since Serena Williams in 1999. Take a look at this list of teen queens. Coco could be the first American to win multiple majors as a teenager since our own Tracy Austin did it. She would also pass Jennifer Capriotti for the most major wins overall among American teens. So, Martina, when you take a look at this list of historical players and what they were able to accomplish as teenagers, what goes through your mind?
2: I'm just trying to figure out, had I had that help with the coaching, et cetera, could I have been there mentally? I'm not so sure. Uh, no matter how much help you get, you have to be ready for it yourself. And and so these teenage phenoms, that's what they are. They're phenoms, but uh, so more power to them. But particularly Tracy, Austin, and, uh, and Martina Hingis, who just did so much at such an early age. But still, it's more difficult these days, but teenagers are still in there. So yeah, kudos to to Coco and her parents.
3: Yeah, it's pretty remarkable. I mean, obviously, they're so special. I mean, I have children that age and kind of giggle. Like, there's no <laughs> chance they could handle being out there playing in front of all those people, the pressure, everything that goes along with it. Then you start playing for really big stakes. It's not only grand sum title. It's the prize money. It's dealing with the press. It's dealing with packed stadiums every single time you walk out there, dealing with expectations. Certainly, Goff has had a, an awful lot of expectations on her since she was 15 years old and beat yeah. Venus at Wimbledon. So how how these young ladies handle it as well as they're going through it, it is pretty remarkable when you watch it from the outside.
1: Yeah, you bring up the fact that we saw her as a 15-year-old at, at Wimbledon. How have you seen her mature from those days as a young teenager? to now almost 20 years old.
3: She's almost the outlier Coco in this whole group, and all of these players were remarkable, but I I just, in, in my generation, I've never seen anyone handle it as well as she has, but also her parents, because a lot of times with phenoms, you get parents that are incredibly pushy. Unfortunately, sometimes we've had abusive parents, which is the absolute worst. And you'd never get that sense with the Goff family. She is so incredibly happy and well-spoken and ready for this moment. I'm not sure how, as parents, you get someone so young, (laughs) ready at at such a young age, but they've managed to do that. And you know what? She looks like she loves it. Mm -hmm. She would rather be nowhere else. And that's such a change sometimes, Martina. We see some of the teens, when they get to 18 or 19, Mm -hmm. they look like they almost hate it out there.
2: Uh, I know. I My kid, uh, the older one, said, oh, I love tennis, but half the time she wasn't in it mentally. And even though she said she liked it, she was not doing everything she possibly could. And that's okay. You know, not not very many have that kind of mentality, especially this day with with all the distractions and the attention span, you know, is that of a hummingbird for most teenagers, or it just changes. You know, they have it for a day and then they go somewhere else completely. So to have this kind of commitment and focus and discipline day in and day out, this day and age commendable having a
1: short memory could be a good thing in in the sport of (laughs) tennis at least but uh, Coco Goff said you know winning the US Open really freed her up because now she knows she's a major champion at 19 can just do more and more two more wins and she adds her second major as a teenager gets Arena Sabalenka later today and uh, it's a wide open draw in the top half with Zhang and Yastremska, but Spe- specifically on Coco Golf, I mean, what, what would be your advice to her taking the court today?
3: Uh, I think she's ready for this moment. I mean, she proved to us last summer that she was ready to handle it. The challenge will be the level of play. She hasn't played anyone in the top 25 yet this year, so a big jump up for her to play Sabalenka. They have played many times before. Obviously, Coco won the big one in the final of the U.S. Open. So the X's and O's, Coco's got down pat. Just wonder if at the beginning part of the match, it maybe it takes her a little bit of time to maybe get used to that pace or just get used to the quality of the Sabalenka shots.
1: What would you tell her, Martina?
3: Oh,
2: remember the US Open, remember what worked, and try that first. And if that doesn't, then you change it. But most of all... You know you you have a winning record forget that you haven't played that well you would know you have to play better but you can only play as well as your opponent also so she kind of one reason she hadn't been tested was because she hadn't played be- good enough players to be tested until Kostyuk, really and uh so i would just tell her in- appreciate it enjoy it it's the semifinals of the australian open just another match mm. you know what to do you've done it before and uh and then go into the x's and o's but mentally Um, I just say just relax and enjoy it as much as you can. There's such a fine line between being relaxed and being focused. So it's a balancing act all the way through and you're going to have ups and downs, but just try to stay centered.
1: That's great advice. It's what you told your son. Enjoy it yeah. while he's out yeah. there. I mean, it's, it's perfect. By the way, what Coco says? Look good, feel good. Step out looking good. She's gonna feel good out there. We'll see what happens later today. Coco Golf and Arena Sabalenka still to come. Jim Courier joins us from Melbourne to talk about the men's semifinals and a huge win for that guy, Alexander Zverev. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back last night Alexander Zverev put on a show was a game away from one of the most dominating wins ever over Carlos Alcaraz and then hung on to take out the two seed
4: get back to the Australian Open semifinals for the second time after the match he caught up with our Jim Currier. Give us an overall assessment on, on what's going on with your body right now. I feel, I feel fine. <laughs> no, no, we're not going to play this game. Not going to play this game. Novak played that with me last year. Come on. I mean, are you dealing with blisters? What's going on with the feet? Yeah. Um, well, I have a lot of blood under my my toenails, so that, that's that's quite painful. Um, you know, I take them out every single match, but then obviously when when you play and when you run a lot, uh, they they come back. Um, so. Yeah, just just had to retape it, but um, you know what? I would much rather feel the way I'm feeling right now, with maybe a bit of pain here and there, and be in the semifinals than be at home right now and, and watch this tournament. So
1: the magic of TV. Jim Courier will be on your screen momentarily. Take a look at the draw. It is Verev Medvedev for the 19th time, and then Djokovic Center at the top. Talk about some good matches and guaranteed to have a good final either way. There is our Hall of Famer, Jim Courier. Good morning to you, Jim, out there. there.
4: I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a time traveler. It's Thursday where I am. Everybody <laughs> yeah. doing. You're in the future. So, man, what's the future like? Future's fantastic. It's uh, it's nice and pleasant today. There's a big excitement about uh, not only what the men's semifinal has in store, but tonight with the women's semifinal, the rematch of the US Open. I'm sure you guys have gone over that in detail, but there's a lot of buzz here at the tournament. So uh, yeah, we're, this is kind of the calm before the storm. It's quiet here this morning. Not a lot of matches going on early. So uh, yeah, it's it's a good time to be in Melbourne. Sorry, you guys aren't with us.
1: Uh, what, do you, what do you make of what you saw from Farrah last night?
3: Well, it was a huge effort, especially once you're up two sets to love and serving for a match. All of a sudden, you find yourself in a four set. It, you, your mind starts automatically going, oh, I, I should have been in the locker room. Oh, now we're going five. He was rock solid at being able to reset. And that was the most impressive thing to me. Alcaraz was able to raise his level. Zverev never showed any real like frustration or craziness. And he was able to then pull it back together to win in four.
0: Mm. I mean, keep in mind, Zverev was two points from defeat. So Lucas Klein, a qualifier, and then he goes out and plays the second seed, plays Alcaraz, and plays at that level. Jim, I'm curious, being there, how much of this is Zverev? We talked about his serve earlier. How much of this was Alcaraz just what, what I thought was a, a bit of a vacant performance? What, what do you see this uh, breaking down?
4: Well, let, let's start with uh, with Sasha because Sasha uh, Sasha's serve was phenomenal and often is. He served 70% in the tournament en route to this round he was at 85% first serves made so he he held uh, held on to his biggest strength which is the serve but what was surprising for him in the best possible way was for two and near two and a half sets nearly three sets he was the dominant baseline player he stood closer to the baseline than he normally does by about 2 or 3 feet he hit his forehand a lot bigger and a lot more down the line than he usually does and i think that aggression really unsettled alcaraz who started slowly and never really got going This is a learning moment for Alcaraz, though. The thing that has kept the the Federer's and the Nadal's and the Djokovic's viable for so long and kept them away from upsets for so long is the many, many ways that they know how to win. If they're having a bad offensive night, which Alcaraz was last night, they rely on their defense. They know how to pull back on the throttle. Alcaraz doesn't have that governor yet. He's all throttle, and once Zverev got tight, and he started backing up and reverting to normal form, leaving the ball short. Alcaraz could display all of his assets, but he didn't. He was handed that opportunity by Sasha's nerves. He didn't take it. And that, for me, is the big learning moment here. And we were saying in commentary last night, this is the match where it became evident how important it is to have Juan Carlos Ferreras' mm-hmm. input in match. You know, because the on-court coaching that at that point could have maybe given him a little more guidance as to how to manage a situation that he just simply didn't know how to do. Last year, he had to learn how to to figure out cramps. This one for me is a very teachable moment for him. But ultimately, it was Sasha's moment because Sasha came out and rattled him early on and then once Sasha's ghost reappeared, he somehow, you know, got the Ghostbusters in and banished them at the
1: very end. <laughs> John brought up the point about Juan Carlos Ferro not being there earlier in the show as well, Jim. And it, you had mentioned yesterday Sasha's red needed to serve well. I mean, he, he did that. And then some, as we saw, I mean, 85 percent, that, that's obscene. If he does that, can anyone beat him in this tournament?
4: Well it depends on where he hits them because he was that the first two and a half sets he was 85% and hitting his spots and it was very difficult for Alcaraz who doesn't have the wingspan of some of the other opponents remaining in the draw to cover the corners of the court but as the match wore on the accuracy diminished and Alcaraz was able to get more balls back in play he just wasn't able to to kind of hold up his end of the bargain once he was in the neutral rallies. Look there were a lot of highlights here. There was a lot of good court coverage. There was a lot of drama. I mean every one of us in the stadium save Sasha's family thought this was going five sets. Uh, Frankly you know we thought Alcaraz once he won that third set breaker there's no way that Zverev's going to be able to turn us around. And yet he hung in there to John's point. He didn't get down on himself. He just kept plodding along. I mean maybe because he was dealing with the, the foot problems it sounds terrible to have blood pooling underneath your toes and have to get that drained on a daily basis but sometimes having a liability like that it it forces you not to spend energy in other places so look this is a big one for him you know 12 months ago he was not the player that he is today we all know that he's got a lot of clouds swirling around outside the court but inside the court he kept it all together today
1: so it sets this up our tennis express head-to-head we have seen it 18 times before Medvedev leads 11-7 overall and last year was 5 and 1 against Alexander Zverev. Lindsay, uh, what do you think of this matchup and how it plays out in Melbourne?
3: Well, so close between these two, but physically it'll be a challenge for both of these two to recover to be able to play again on Friday down in Australia. But it it all depends on Zverev. As Jim was saying there, is he willing... Got to figure out a way to end the points against Medvedev. Is he willing to step up and really take advantage of those opportunities? He he prefers to be behind the baseline making balls. Well, that's Medvedev's specialty, right? He's the best at the business in that. So how does Zverev kind of get out of that pattern? What can he do different and special? As Jim said, he was willing to change his tactics against Alcaraz... Is he willing to do that against Medvedev, who was a much better retriever than Alcaraz? Alcaraz Alcaraz plays better offense. Medvedev, one of the best defenders out there.
0: That return position, I'm sure Jim has some thoughts about uh, what we saw last night and where Medvedev is going to stand against such a big server. I, I just want to go back to one thing Jim said. I mean, a year ago at this event, Zverev lost to Michael Moe, who's a, a nice young American player, but Michael Moe didn't qualify this year. That should tell you something about the momentum and the momentousness of this comeback. This is one of the great injury comebacks that I've seen in a yeah. long time. And you say what you will about Zverev, for him to be in the final four, beating a guy like Alcaraz in the quarters, I think we ought to give him some credit there. Jim I do want to get
1: your thoughts on uh Medvedev sandbagging you the other night <laughs> and, and giving you all the the masterclass on being so far back and then first game against Yubi, he's right on the baseline.
4: Yeah I thought it was really fascinating his answer he gave to John McEnroe in the post post match interview that her cut just serve is unlike others that he faces and that it bounces and is still rising because what he relies on with that deep position is he wants to hit a normal ground stroke when the ball is descending, but he didn't feel like he could do that against Hurkacz, so he needed to take the, the bounce on. And he admitted in his master class that he's not that great, uh, he's not that comfortable up there, but Hurkacz has the serve to make him do that. Will Zverev serve force him to feel that way? What's different about Zverev serve? Maybe we'll, I'll get a Hawkeye laser, actually, and compare them. I'm sure I'll need to do that for, for a Channel 9 here and, and see where that ball is because... The record that he has against Zverev is is very, very good, Medvedev. I expect him to be where he normally returns from, and we'll do a deep dive on where that is, too, so we know in advance. But, um, you know, the the good news with, with Medvedev is he's never boring. He always gives you something to think about and talk about. I'm fascinated by him.
1: Well, I'm fascinated to hear what the results of that deep dive is going to bring for tomorrow's Tennis Channel Live. So looking forward to that. Much more still to get here on the show as we lead you up to all the action in Melbourne today. That's the women's semifinals. But up next, it's our doubles report. It's got it all from Czech drama to some incredible history on the men's side. You don't want to miss any of it. Welcome back to TC Live. A reminder, second major not too far away this spring. Tennis Channel once again will bring you extensive daily live coverage from Roland Garros. Don't miss any of the Grand Slam excitement on the Terre Batou in Paris beginning Sunday, May 26. All right, it's time for our often imitated, never duplicated, world-famous <laughs> double segment. Lindsay, this is the match. With all the T, Barbora Krejcikova, Katarina Siniakova, seven majors, Olympic gold together. They broke up this year. New partners playing against each other.
3: Yeah, it's so tough for these two to play against each other. Steve, they also go back to the juniors. won junior slams together, and it was Krejcikova and Sigmund in the first set who were just a little bit more comfortable out there. Storm Hunter and Siniakova had the advantage of the crowd support, and they needed it, especially when the second set got tight. It is they were able to pull through. They get the crucial break to give themselves a chance to serve for the set, and they're able to push this to a third. Krejcikova and Siniakova, excuse me, Krejcikova and Siegman <laughs> would get a 4-1 and a point to go up 5-1 in the third, and that's right when the wheels came oh. off for them. That miss there by Sigmund then allowed Hunter and Siniakova to serve for the match, and they're able to close it out. Storm Hunter, the Aussies still in the doubles.
1: Yes, she is number one in the world. Look at the handshake. That was quick for Barb. That was quick. Can I borrow a blanket? <laughs> Sinjakova, she gets the check mark for the first one. Take a look at the draw right now. It's a good one. We got the Kitschnak-Ostapenko matchup against Dabrowski-Routliff and then Hunter Siniakova taking on Shea who's still in it with Mertens. All seeds going on in the women's double semifinals. On the men's side, history on the line. Rohan Bopana can get to number one in the world if he and Matt Ebden can get past Maximo Gonzalez and Andres Molteni-John.
0: You know what they say, cover half the court and you get to play twice as long. They don't really say that. But in the orange, it's all about Rohan Bopana here. This is one of the real, sort of classy veterans. 43 years old with Australian Matty Ebden against the Argentine team. Look at that reflex. Uh, this actually was a really fun match apart from the history of play. As we do, we like to do the stats. 18 winners and three unforced errors. Look at that. That's a nice way to set up history and match point here. Six-four, look at that. Getting the crowd, he knows what's on the line. Here's match point coming up here. For the team, look at this. You're charging the net. It's only fitting that Rohan would have the winning volley history. First time he's ever been number one. 33 years old. Congrats to him. Ooh,
1: King of the hill, top of the heap. Oldest man to reach world number one in doubles history. Join Sania Mirza, Leander Pays, and Mahesh Bhupathi as players from India to reach number one as we take a look at the men's doubles draw. But the biggest story is the man with the salt and pepper hair. Rohan Bopana. Jim, uh, forget the 30 under 30, the 40 under 40. You can do anything at any time in life. Talk about the inspiration that Rohan Bopanna is.
4: It's fantastic. And, and you know, India will get behind Rohan. They, they will have been behind him for sure. But there are lots of tennis fans over there that follow players like Sonia Mirza and her success in doubles as well. So this will be a huge story there. And it is inspiring. You know, this is a guy that that puts in the work. here. You know, he's just a... He's just a he's salt and pepper beard, but he's in there carving it up every day, doing what he can to stay with it. And, you know, reflexes are required. If When you're 43 years old, you're not going to be as quick with your feet. But good news is doubles half the court, but you've got to have fast hands. And there's no question he does. So good for him. This is an awesome little story. And, you know, doubles doesn't often get a lot of big news, but I bet you in India it is today.
1: Bopes, thanks for, for making us believe that anything's possible. We love to see that. Still to come, our Bet365 match preview has the odds on Novak Djokovic and Yannick Sinner. We'll tell you how each player can make history for their country and more. Stay with us. Welcome back. Don't miss a new series on T2. It is Good Trouble with Nick Kyrios featuring the Aussie star in conversations with top figures in sports, entertainment, and tennis. Guess what? The premiere episode is tonight, 7 Eastern. Nick sits down with Chef Gordon Ramsay. It is streaming on T2. You don't want to miss it. Time for our Bet 365 match preview the odds on Novak Djokovic and Yannick Sinner. Novak is the favorite you got to put up 225 bucks to win 100 If you put $100 on Yannick Sinner, you can win $175. He certainly has a chance. He's won two of their last three meetings, Jim Courier. However, never in three out of five. Break this one down for us.
4: Yeah, look, uh, first of all, the good news for Novak, he was hurting against Taylor Fritz. He survived that hot day. There are no more hot days ahead of this tournament, and he gets two days off. Yannick Sinner certainly has been the man in form. He's played the best consistent men's tennis Uh, we've seen here at the Australian Open he's going to be fresh he's going to be ready and he's going to be confident that he has a good game plan the the question is can he hold that game plan through the course of best of five sets and and when they played three times in a span of about two weeks between the tour finals and the Davis Cup a lot of this match these matches they rest on Sinners racket he is I keep saying this he's got the Stan Wawrinka quality the huge power on the forehand and the backhand the much improved serve now with the step up motion so he has the assets in place, but the one match that Novak beat of, beat him of those three in the finals of the tour finals, the unforced error count climb. So that's going to be the the key thing to look for. Can he hold on to it? We shall see. Uh, but this, this is uh, amazing thinking about what this might be because it just feels like this could be center's moment. We'll see. Mm.
1: Yeah. Medvedev was asked, "Who do you want to play?" and he was like, "I, I don't know. I mean, Sinner hasn't dropped a set, yeah. and Djokovic is yeah. the goat."
0: But we know Medvedev. We know Medvedev's a sandbagger. Yeah. Uh, so who knows? No, I mean, I do. I do feel like this is really pivotal, right? Either this is Novak wins. He's never lost at a semi in Australia, and it's again, this guy's superior. Best of five changes everything. Whatever flurry happened in November, like put that aside. This is where the big boys play, or we have a real changing of the guard. So I, I feel like there's a lot riding. On this match do remember when they played at wimbledon last year sinner really didn't offer a whole lot of resistance and novak won in straight sets but this shows you how far sinners come um not necessarily reflected in the odds i think one thing we've noticed even just on highlights sinners length when we think of novak is pretty long and having reach and his footwork helps that but Boy, Sinner is just... He gets to everything defensively, even at the net. Um, there, there's a lot to like and pick up on for this match.
3: Yeah, it was a big year for Sinner in improving almost every single aspect of his game. Some players will focus on one area. Jim talked about the serve, willing to change the motion, get that serve to be better. The ground strokes seem to be harder and seem to be more accurate, as John was saying, the movement as well. Gliding around the court, getting to balls, getting coming to net to finish points off. But he's playing a 10-time champion, yeah. Steve. we got to see it to believe yeah. it, right? got to see it like, to believe it, yep, yeah. until-, until he does it.
1: Exactly. Until he does it. Exactly. Uh, but when he does it, we'll give him props, that's for sure. Uh, let's take a look at this. Rafa Nadal set to return in February in Doha. Jim, what was your reaction when you heard Rafa was coming back so soon?
4: Relief, exuberance, exhilaration, whatever the you know those superlatives are, we all want to see Nadal sign off the way that he wants to sign off it was discouraging to see him playing so well in Brisbane and then pull up with an injury in his third match so look we just we wish Nadal the the finish that he wants to his career which obviously the big target is Roland Garros this is all a big build up for that time what network has covers that i can't oh, remember i believe it's tennis be, channel I believe we did a promotional sure. about so, that earlier <laughs> in the show <laughs> uh, yeah you might be right but i think i think this is a, a sigh of relief that it's this soon that he can come back to you.
1: so john this is he this basically means he's on the entry list right so it, until he
0: shows up we're not sure what are your sources telling you yeah, um, I, I heard. I mean, I asked about Las Vegas and said, like, for sure. Don't worry about that. Um, so I think this is a good sign. And I think this is not a camp that plays games. I mean, I think if he if he were not ready, uh, he would not have put out that release. So again, we'll see. You're, you're absolutely right. I mean, mm. look, let, let's watch Ooh. him play. Go
4: I have ahead, a question. Jim.
3: Question. Yeah.
0: What do you got?
4: What camps play games? Let's name names. <laughs> what camps
0: play games?
3: That's the cheat.
0: Shall we save that for our next segment?
4: (laughs) Uh,
2: Listen, he had surgery uh, on the hip, right? uh,
3: And then he's got pain in it in Brisbane. It's only natural that he was not ready for three out of five. He was a little bit scared, wanted to make sure that that area was okay. Obviously got back to Spain, not really that bad. So really great sign, as Jim said, that he's entered into tournaments. He wants to and willing to go try and play. I hope we see him through the Olympics. I hope he's able to end, as Jim said, his career not only at Roland Garros, but how about Roland Garros at the Olympic Games? That would be something.
1: Whenever he's playing, I just want him to be healthy, to keep playing, like not have starts and stops. But we'll see, hopefully in February. Uh, Behind the scenes, (laughs) look who we got there. On the right, that's Jagger Leach playing in the boys' juniors semifinals today. Who's next to him? Yeah, it's Fred Cooper,
3: Wiston who's still in the boys' singles as well. Two American boys in the quarterfinals of the juniors. Cooper and Kaylin Bagoon. We've got a couple of teams in the semis of the boys' doubles, a couple of girls' teams in the girls doubles but the juniors today if you made it to the semis of doubles or the quarters of singles you got to move from the ntc which is on the grounds over to rod laver arena and be with the pros so all the juniors ecstatic last night when they got new badges
1: that's cool so who is jack seen is he texted be like oh i saw novak today or no i don't know (laughs) not yet i haven't heard (laughs) (laughs) i'm waiting for like coco to come yeah exactly
3: (laughs) exactly
1: (laughs) not the last you'll see if jagger leach semifinals later tonight 1573
2: Arena
1: It's a big day, women's semifinals, Coco Golf, Arena Sabalenka, Diana Yastremska, Zhang Ching-Wen Cannot wait for that. But before we get to the
0: action on court, it's what you've been waiting for. John Wertheim, stat of the day. I like that surfer music, the stat of the day music. Who is our DJ? Here's a radical one for you. Andre Rublev loses to center, and what do we know? He goes to 0-10 in major quarterfinals. Ten quarterfinals, no semifinals. 0-10. What do you say for some consolation? What do you say to encourage a fine player? Well, you know who else has ten defeats in major quarterfinals? Who? Novak Djokovic. Uh, Same number of defeats. Um, Of course, he has won forty-eight quarterfinals. Wow! So I think what you say to Rublev is, look, anyone can lose (laughs) ten quarterfinals, win your next forty-eight, and you're right. Even with Novak, no problem. Mm. Same number of quarterfinal defeats, but uh, a couple more Ws in Novak's column. I love how you just turn it positive there. It's not zero and ten; it's forty-eight and ten. Same as Novak. Opportunity. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right.
1: (laughs) Huge room for growth there. All right, Jim, it's time for your
4: hot shot of the day.
1: And, and as usual,
4: comes from the guy that didn't win. Yeah, this is Tennis Channel's version of the tortoise and the hare. You, you really don't want to win the hot shot of the day because it probably means you're going to lose the match. But if you want the social media clicks, this is really good. So you can build your, your following for whatever that's worth. <laughs> Kurt Koch is a master of our hot shot of the day. He's a great hands, great feel, theater for the dramatic. Uh, what he was an, unable to do was to shake hands the winner here. Mefedev, a survivor today. Um, boy, that, that is still just tremendous skill that Hubert Urquhart has. Not easy to, uh, to have the kind of firepower he has on the serve and the soft hands to go with it. That's really nice to see.
1: Rublev, same amount of losses and quarters as Djokovic. And uh, Hubie, hot shot of the day. Yeah. So, Joey <laughs> <See? laughs> the set. Here's our semifinals. Goff, Sabalenka, it is the first women's singles U.S. Open time that they they met again at the Australian Open Finals since 2011. And then Yastremska and Zhang, first time two first-time major semifinalists since 2004. Uh, Jim, want to get your thoughts on, on Coco and Arena, the rematch.
4: Yeah, super excited for this one. I'm actually getting the the call it for local television here, Channel Nine, with Elena Dokić and Sam Smith. I'm pumped, and I'm I'm pumped to see if Sabalenka can keep playing the level she has. Because if she does, Coco Golf's level is going to have to just rise like that to match her. Coco was obviously shaky. If you watched her the last match or heard us talk about it, but. This is a new day it's an it's a new time to play and there's so much on the line whoever wins this match will certainly be a big favorite in the finals so uh, a heck of a lot riding on it and uh, I'm just gonna be fascinated to see most of all what Coco's game looks like Because Sabalenka has been so solid and strong and overpowering here I don't expect especially in these cooler conditions for her to have trouble controlling the ball tonight.
3: It'll be interesting also the mental battle because we've talked about it this entire show The last three majors, Sabalenka, has really melted down, starting the French Open semi, starting at Wimbledon semifinal, and then that U.S. Open final to Goff. So can she keep it together throughout the course of the match? I mean, she knows mentally. And every single point, Goff is going to say, I'm going to get every single ball back in play that I can. I'm going to keep challenging you to come up with volleys and finish – Point finishing shots. Does Sabalenka have the wherewithal to hang in there? That's the big question for me.
4: Yeah, we saw. Hold on, hey US Lindsay, Open. can you run that back for a second? I got to take notes for the match tonight. <laughs> <laughs> what were those three points?
3: Call me after.
0: <laughs> Sorry, John. Sorry, John. Go ahead. There sure, we well. <laughs> um, I think this is a good matchup for Coco. And we saw at the U.S. Open final. We see their head-to-head. I think she doesn't mind this level of pace. Do note, you know, we say this all the time. You can only beat the players put before you. But this is a real step up for Coco who hasn't had to play a seed. Lindsay, you say that hasn't had to play a top 20 opponent all year. So a big challenge playing the player who won this event last year and is playing as well as she has been these last five matches. Let's talk about the, the match between the qualifier and the 12 seed. What does it say
1: to you, John, that over the last four years we've had now three qualifiers reach the semifinals at majors?
0: Uh, The the margins are thin. There's a lot of parity. I think it's actually a really interesting conversation to be had about why this is so. Obviously, best of three versus best of five changes the sample size. I'm really impressed with Q, though. I mean, the athleticism, now this is two straight late runs at majors. I think this is one of these matches where she will be desperately disappointed if she doesn't win, and that's always an interesting dynamic to take the court
2: with.
3: Yeah, we, we learned a lot about Zhang last fall, right? She had her coach, Wim Fassett, who told her, you know what, I'm going to leave our contract and go back to work with Osaka. She was shattered and very publicly shared all that. She was able to get back a previous coach in Reba. That seemed to settle her down, but she's very honest also with her emotions. She was so thrilled to meet Lina Na. She is so thrilled to get into the top ten. Only 24 hours to get ready now for the biggest match of her life. Can she settle down and make it just about the tennis out there against Yastrzemska?
4: Can we talk about the little match within the match? Our, we're one match away from getting the coach's yeah. corner yeah. ball. Yeah. Totally. Brad Gilbert yeah. versus <laughs> uh, That would be fascinating to see that little dynamic play out. They turned around Coco Golf in a very short period of time together. Reba was the first coach hired. Then Gilbert was brought on. Parariba no, no longer with them, but with Q and doing great work with her again. So that's like a little insider uh, tennis trivia there. When's the last time you've had co- a coaching team that then had to face off against each other for a major title? I think the answer is probably never.
1: And in the very next major. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> major. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. it's amazing. incredible. All right, Jim, uh, have fun calling that Cocoa Golf match today.
4: Have fun storming the castle in LA, team. <laughs> all right, for now.
1: We will break it all down for you tomorrow, the women's semifinals. At this point tomorrow, we're going to know who our two finalists are on the women's side, and we'll talk all about the men's semifinals as well. TC Live comes your way at 5 o'clock Eastern on court coverage with Bretton Paul in the morning at 8 a.m. Eastern for the entire team. Thank you so much for joining us on TC Live today.